What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Bruce Irving, here with you for episode number 325 of the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Welcome back to the show. If this is your first time, where the heck have you been? We've done so many episodes. We've been doing this podcast for five years. So many great guests, but you're in luck. They're all recorded, and you can go back and listen to them whatever you feel like it. Today's episode is with Alex from Purgatory Pizza in Los Angeles. You can follow them at Purgatory Pizza on Instagram. Grid follow, by the way. But we're going to talk about vegan pizza. We're going to talk about how he went from delivery driver to owning his own pizzeria and why he's opening up a new vegan-style pizzeria in the middle of this crazy time we're in right now in the beginning of 2021. We also talk about his Instagram philosophy, how he involves his team with marketing, and a whole lot more on this podcast episode that you're going to listen to in about two minutes. Appreciate you. Thank you so much, first of all. Let me just say thank you all so much for all the messages on Instagram and emails. I appreciate every single one. If you haven't yet, if you really want to get involved with what we're doing here at Smart Pizza Marketing and really learn what's happening in the marketing world, hop on our email list, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash email. We send an email every single week and we always test it. It's usually Tuesday or Thursday where we send an email. We'll give you, you know, eight to 10 links of interesting articles that we think you should pay attention to some new YouTube videos, maybe a little behind the scenes of what we're doing here on the podcast. Uh, Any other interesting tidbits? We did an article about Mr. Beast, how Mr. Beast, who is a content creator on YouTube, introduced Mr. Beast Burgers and did 300 ghost kitchens where he launched them all on the same day and it went to number one in the App Store. We did an article about that. You can find that all in our email, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash email. If you want to hop on that, which I think you should. It's a free email, great information if I do say so myself, and we deliver it to you easily once a week. All right, I'm excited for this episode. I enjoyed talking to Alex. He did a good job on the podcast. I had a good time talking to him. We do, I thought we talked about a lot of interesting stuff. We did record this video, uh, this podcast on video as well. So if you want to see the video version of this, go hop on our YouTube channel. You just search Smart Pizza Marketing on YouTube, and you'll find the video version of the podcast here. But before we get into the episode, I have to say thank you to Forza Forney. If you're looking for a new oven or you head into the Pizza Expo this year, if it happens in June, who knows if it's going to happen. But if it does happen, we'll be conducting our interview. So you get to go by, watch the fellas over at the Forza Forney booth, see all the ovens they have available to you, and watch us do our podcast live in person at the show. But if you aren't going to the Pizza Expo, head over to ForzaForney.com. Check out all the ovens they have available. Mobile. If, you, if you're starting a mobile unit, if you are converting the oven that you have right now and you want a new one, not only do they have the best ovens, but the guys and gals who run Forza Forney are just amazing individuals. They help, they're helpful, they're positive, they come in and help you get set up and make sure everything works properly. I've had so many people purchase ovens through Forza Forney over the last couple of years of them sponsoring the podcast and all have had amazing experiences. So if you're looking for a new oven, head over to ForzaForney.com. All right, before we get into today's episode, I have to say thanks to Baccio for sponsoring the show. Uh, let me just tell you that not only does Baccio have great cheese, and trust me, 
I know because I've been using it quite a bit lately. Check out my Instagram, by the way, and you'll see some photos of it for not only pizzas, but for sandwiches. But they also have a Boccio Gold Club program where you can earn money back based on the amount of cheese that you use. There's three different tiers, gold, platinum, and diamond. Plus, Gold Club members get access to the Boccio Marketing Store for promotional items such as pizza box stickers, menus, and so many other things that you can find available for you to use inside the Boccio Marketing Store. They want to help you grow your business because if you grow your business, you buy more cheese. You buy more cheese. You get more money back. It's as simple as that. So if you haven't yet, head over to BaccioCheese.com forward slash SPM. You can check out the store. You can request some samples of the products. And trust me, if you use this cheese, you will not regret it. Like I said, Smart Pizza Marketing, go over to my Instagram. You're going to see some photos of the cheese pizzas I've been making and the sandwiches using the Baccio cheese, the Provore. All of the cheese that Baccio has to offer is great. I guarantee it. So again, BaccioCheese.com forward slash SPM to get started with Baccio today. All right. Thank you to Fort Sifourney and Baccio for sponsoring the podcast. Check out Baccio and Fort Sifourney and let them know you heard them on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. If you want to get a hold of me, head over to Smart Pizza Marketing on Instagram. That's where I hang out quite a bit. Say hello to me. Shoot me a direct message. Let me know if you have any questions or a topic you want to cover on the podcast. And other than that, we are going to get right into the show with Alex from Purgatory Pizza. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Alex from Purgatory Pizza is joining me on the show. Alex, thank you so much for taking the time and joining me here on the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. This is this is huge for me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to have you here. You do a great job on Instagram. You have a good following there, and you're doing some cool stuff in uh, Los Angeles, I believe you are. Yes, I have LA. to come visit you next time I get to L.A. If they're ever allowed to travel again around the country freely, I'm going to have to stop in. Yeah, hopefully one day soon. Yes. So, Alex, share your story. How did you get into the pizza industry? Like, Give us a little background about what you're doing and how you got started. Okay. So, um, I moved to California to become an audio engineer. And um, I got a job at a studio that I worked at for a year and a half after school. Uh, I was also or it was like 2008. So the economy was kind of going to shit. Um, and so these studios closed down, found myself living on my best friend's girlfriend's uh, couch uh, as a struggling musician. Um, me and him were going to like interview after interview and like every job was taken from hot topic to plant stores. Like you couldn't find a job. I had gone on like 20 jobs Thought I was going to have to pack up my, uh, my civic and drive back to Seattle where I'm originally from. And uh, I, I landed a pizza delivery job, which to this day is like my favorite job of all time. Um, this job allowed me to tour the freedom to play shows, uh, super flexible job. And uh, I loved it. Um, I moved up as a manager there um, and I learned a little bit about cooking, but mostly, you know, I developed my skills as a leader, like still pursuing music. But um, after six years, um, went by music was slowing down and I wasn't very happy at, uh, that restaurant. So it was time for a reboot. So I found myself at, uh, purgatory delivering pizza again. Um, and, uh, this was a literal pirate ship. There were seven people that worked there. It was like the opposite, the opposite of where I was coming from. I would do 50, I did 58 deliveries one time at, <laughs> in one day. In one day, I, I I used to sign my emails like pizza delivery legend because I was so <laughs> proud of it. 
is like singer songwriter pizza delivery legend that's, uh, that's fabulous but, but i'd work a 14 hour shift at purgatory and i'd deliver like four pizzas i would work a, a double sometimes you'd have one customer come in wow. so the, the shop kind of ran itself because the, the the owner at the time just had a business in the back and uh it was just seven musicians they didn't give a shit about pizza or customer service the yelp reviews prior to 2015 are are comedic if that there is some funny stuff in there but uh <laughs> uh so the manager there if you could call mike that great guy um he was going on tour for six months and uh i had only been there for a couple months but he's like alex is alex has some management experience he'll take over my shifts i'll take him when i come back um and so after that, it was like off to the races. We'd go to restaurant. You, you went to Restaurant Depot every day. So I kind of got to change the ingredients. I started cleaning the restaurant. I started creating processes that not everyone was excited about because people really liked doing nothing. Right. But within, within six months, I had doubled the sales there. Wow. And ap- after a year, I had doubled those. Um, because there was like great bones at purgatory, but it really just needed help. Like the, the sauce to me was unedible. When we got there, they were putting like a, they were putting a balsamic vinaigrette and sriracha sauce in it. <laughs> it, it just, it had, it had gone off the rails, but uh, the owner uh, uh, came to me and um, he offered me an opportunity to invest and I, in the last year, I had I had really realized that this is something that I liked, uh, that my passions were changing. I was in the driver's seat, which with mu- with music, it's so, uh, you know, the right time, right place yeah. kind of thing. So uh, we rebuilt the restaurant from the floor up. We did a remodel, a rebrand. We set up the Instagram, uh, you know, changed processes. Uh, rebuilt the culture, but tried to like keep in like the musician thing and, and being able to show up whenever you wanted uh, to come back from tour, have a job. And then, uh, you know, running a restaurant really um, through the years, I realized that like being in a band for 15 years of my life, running a restaurant is a lot the same, you know, your, your songs or your recipes and your staff is the band and like, um, your customers are your fans and you play a show every day when you open up, you know, from 11 to 10, we're, we're putting the show on. And, uh, you know, as a musician, a lot of the time you're selling yourself too, like with merch and, and promotions. And, and so that really helped me out in the last five years. Um, and, and that's kind of the uh, big picture story. Uh, obviously, you know, as a manager to owner, you, you have, you run into, you know, broken windows or plumbing issues or a global pandemic. And, you know, <laughs> you, you, you figure those things out, yeah. but, uh, th- that's how I became, uh, that's, that's, that's the long short story of how I became owner of purgatory. I love the analogy of the band in the restaurant. Cause I did an analogy today about marketing. Marketing is kind of like a restaurant too, right? Like the, the, the restaurant is the platform, Instagram, Facebook, and the meal is the content that you put on that platform. And people go to different restaurants for different types of food, and people go to different platforms for different types of content. And I love that you made the analogy to kind of put the band together just like that, too. And I bet you sometimes, like, when you, if you think about, like, real famous bands who get known for the same 10 or dozen songs that they have to play over and over and over again. It's kind of like what it's like running a restaurant. Like every Monday is Monday. It's like Groundhog Day almost. 
True. And the greatest thing about a restaurant though, is like, although you're like cooking the same stuff and it, you know, there's never, there's never the same day, you, True. you know, so, somebody doesn't show, you know, somebody gets too drunk, doesn't show up to work. <laughs> you know, some bum comes in and, you know, throws something at you, you know, you never know what's going to happen down here. Right. There's always those, those things that happen throughout the course of the day that yeah. you hope don't happen, but usually something always happens. It keeps things exciting. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. How long have you owned it now? Uh, uh, so five years, and I've worked here for six. Nice. Where in Los Angeles are you? So we're right outside of um, right outside of the Arts District, but like right o- the First Street Bridge goes right into downtown, and we're right over that. So you, like in between Boyle Heights uh, neighborhood and downtown uh, LA. So what's it like there for you guys now? Like, and if you listen to this in the future, we're recording this the end of December two thousand twenty heading into 2021. So what's it like for you guys now? Uh, it's like the state of LA. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's been a wild ride. I mean, you never know what's, what's, what's going to be okay. What's not going to be okay. Um, uh, you know, the governor and, uh, mayor, I don't want to get too much into it, but you know, it's been a shit show here to be completely honest with you. There's just been, you know, no factual information why people can't dine outside or, um, you know, what's going on with that. And, uh, you know, luckily we had such a built-in delivery, um, business that obviously we weren't like truly affected because, um, it was already there. Right. Um, so for us, you know, we didn't have to make too many pivots or, or really re like mold our, um, our day to day. But, um, you know, for other restaurants, it's just they're not that lucky. Yeah, I'm not sure I, I I understand the not being able to dine outside part. Like I can kind of get, I guess, if you try to make a point of the inside dining, I could guess you, I could kind of see your point. But the outside dining to me, as long as you're far apart, I don't understand how you can't dine outside. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. There is actually like no proof uh, of of there being like a, a bunch of spreading going on from that. I think, you know, people are just trying to make it look like they're doing something. Right. Even though, you know, the, you're, everyone's pulling at straws. That's what this year has been. Uh, you know, everyone's just trying to do their best, but uh, you know, it, it's really screwing with people's livelihoods. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, uh, you know, the pizza industry, I guess what we do, like in by, I mean, I used to do what you do in the kitchen at, and operate i don't necessarily do it anymore but i have a lot of friends and i visit a lot of places in my area and the pizza industry is lucky the fact that like what we do kind of travels well for the most part so you can do takeout and someone can come pick it up and do deliveries and you know you can eat at home and it kind of tastes similar to what it would taste like if you did eat in the restaurant but other restaurants like more expensive restaurants don't have that luxury sometimes what they do does not travel at all and i'm not going to pay top dollar for a restaurant dish that i'm going to go eat at my house yeah because you you're paying for that experience right so it's tough yeah it's super tough and you know to, to, to piggyback on uh uh that situation (laughs) Somebody's grabbing boxes for That's the restaurant. That's what we do, man. That's fine. That's uh, what we do on the podcast. Someone is uh, always you're in the moment. Like prior to COVID even happening, we uh, we we were we saw the delivery numbers were going up, especially with third party. That we had just changed all of our packaging uh, for our salads and for like hot appetizer items, um, and and uh, you know we we switched to perfect crust liners. Uh, 
you know, there's some free promotion. Uh, and, you know, we were doing things actively. And so we got really lucky when it was just like they cut off our dining room because that experience we were already trying to get better. Yeah. You know, because you especially with third parties, when you're working with a Postmates or or somebody else or DoorDash or something, you know, they leave here and they don't give a shit for the most part. Like right. they're not, well, I'm not going to say that. They, they probably do give a shit, but not as much as the driver that, you know, is, is in the shop, you know? Yeah. Well, you have control over that, right? Like you can see and talk to him when he gets back and say, Hey, how'd it go? Yeah. Yeah. Like how, how did, how did, you know, you just delivered 15 pizzas. Well, not so much this year, but you know, like how did that go? You yeah. Know, I've, I've watched a, a, a postmater roll up on the restaurant and I like have a video, I think of him just trying to put nine pizzas on the back of his motorcycle. And, uh, <laughs> it's like, dude, this, there's no fucking way. I, I made one of my drivers uh, follow him uh, to, to the spot downtown just to make sure like they, they got there. Right. <laughs> what is wrong with these people? Like what, I don't care what you do or who you work for. If you've never worked in a restaurant in your life, Never worked in a pizza shop. Like, my kids could figure out that, you know what? I probably shouldn't put nine pizzas on the back of a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the logistics are for signing up to, you know, DoorDash or Uber Eats. And they, you say, hey, I have a scooter. And they, you know, I figure they'd give you, like, you know, you can go pick up a Starbucks or something. Right. But, or like a uh, salad or something small. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I was really just impressed with this guy. I mean, maybe maybe you should offer him a job inside your place. Yeah, I, I should have. I should have been like, hey, dude, you need a job. Yeah, I mean, like, that's amazing. You have a motorbike. You feel like, you know what? Maybe on one hand, we kind of make fun of him because you're like, who thinks of that? But then he figured it out. He had a scooter yeah. and nine pizzas, and he got it there. He, he made it there. That time he made it there. Yeah. Do you have your own delivery drivers too? Yeah. It's like a big, big part. Like I said, like delivering pizza was like always uh, to my heart like one of my favorite jobs and so it's like a very important thing here and i think it's like you know like 80s 90s pizza culture like the the uh you know the delivery guy it's 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 really important for me to still have that uh option for our customers to have that experience you know yeah. because these guys know what they're talking about they know the roads they know the the you know our, our regulars and you you get a little bit of the purgatory experience uh you know through them yeah, I mean, LA's pizza scene's coming on strong in the last few years. There, it's it's crazy, it's crazy. Uh, all the all the awesome spots that are popping up, and Detroit's a huge thing now, and yeah. the the stuff that people are doing, and I mean, Apollonia's uh, his his masterpieces. They just a piece of it's like an art project. Every picture he takes, and yeah, I love it. I think social media you know, obviously has its flaws and it's hard for some people. They don't understand it or they don't think it works. But for the pizza community, I feel like it's been an eye-opening experience to be able to see what other people are doing in other parts of the country way easily, way more easily, I should say, get my grammar correct there, uh, than before. Like before, when I was operating, you used to have to go to the Pizza Expo, and that's how you saw everybody, what everybody's doing, and see everybody. Now you can just go on Instagram and kind of talk to people and say hello and kind of see what this guy's doing or what this guy's up to and ask him a question. It makes it way more easy to kind of figure things out and do new things. No, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, uh, you know, a, a place like your podcast, listening to people's stories, and you can learn, you know, stuff from there, and then, you know, you can get on somebody's Instagram, and I've, I've, I've just... I've seen in a picture like 
something in the background, like they had their printer uh, uh, <laughs> pulled up this way. And I was like, why haven't I ever done that? You know, or yeah. like somebody's got something going on in the back that they probably weren't even trying to photo. And I was like, wow, I should do that. So, I mean, yeah. And then, you know, like you said, like it's so easy to connect with people and especially people in this community, everyone's just always down. And, uh, you know, I've never DM somebody or, you know, and gotten like a negative response or, or no response. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, it, it, it's an incredible thing. Social media is, is insane. Yeah. You, you do a good job on your Instagram as well. You, I can definitely, I get the feeling you do a good job of this. And a lot of people make this mistake. I get the good job of what your business and I've never visited your business physically, what it would be like for me to visit your business by looking at your Instagram. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's important that you paint that picture. Right. You know, I think you can do it through food uh, and then, you know, occasionally, you know, maybe some other things that kind of like really accent maybe the culture at your restaurant or, uh, you know, the vibe there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean like really just like growing that, following organically and like really just it's like kind of like a piece of yourself or a piece of the staff or whoever's you know posting is that you uh, doing it yeah i mean this year i have like this year has been like a big i've kind of like which is a funny year to do it but i had a kid this year so congratulations and then, well, thank you and then opening up uh the, the the second location i've really like i've taken a back seat yep um and I've given some uh, responsibilities like the Instagram. I still kind of share it with this uh, with one of my general managers. But being able to do that, I really have watched these people grow, be able to grow. I'm not like people are now asking them the questions that they would usually be asking me. I'm not in the kitchen for 13 hours. You know, they, they can freely manage the shop. They have gotten to grow and I've gotten to see that and I've become less of a person that makes decisions and more of a person that makes suggestions. And, and I really like that because I felt like when I was coming up as a manager, I wanted to learn how to do all these things, but it was really hard when, you know, maybe an owner didn't want to let go. Um, and it's been incredible to see my two general managers just really take on the restaurant and, and it, you know, run it better than me sometimes was that because you opened a new restaurant and you did have a kid so it was like it forced you to do it or do you think you would have got so, to that process so, anyway no i don't i think i was getting there i was was preparing for uh i was preparing for the kid because i knew that i needed to take a month off with my wife because we weren't having any family we've never done this before and like i wasn't just gonna like not be there right and i hadn't i hadn't taken more than like four days off going to the expo uh in the six years that i had worked here and so it was like crazy to me i was like i gotta get these guys ready so she got <laughs> pregnant in, in december and i literally was like all right let's go we got all the processes and we did training guides and and it really kicked me into into gear and um and then obviously you know having the second location it you know was part of that too to have th them comfortable um but uh yeah i mean I didn't know that there was going to be a pandemic, but, yeah, uh, right. you know, in, in all of this, they're, they're still kicking ass. Um, it's just incredible to see. And it, it's been hard for me because I came back from my, my leave and I feel like I go into the kitchen and it's just like, I was what I, I once felt so needed. 
and, <laughs> and, and really like everyone's looking around like, you know, what's old man doing here? Or, you know, like, what, what are you going to mess up? So <laughs> It's like that balance though, because you want to remember who you are. You don't want to like completely let go. And then they, you come back and they're like, Oh, who's this guy? Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I never would want to be that owner, but it's definitely a, a new thing for me yeah. to, to be more of a presence than, than a force in the kitchen. And, and I also just think it's so, so much better. Uh, you know, they, I get so passionate about things that sometimes my communication isn't the best and you know, they're really good at it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they, they don't care if somebody puts, you know, uh, you know, an extra three ounces of grande cheese on a medium pizza, but I'm going to be like, what are you doing? Yeah. That's uh, expensive. It, it builds yeah, up yeah. over time. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I, I trust them. And I think that's what like it, it all comes down to. What's the new place you open? Is it another purgatory? No. So the new place that we're that we are opening right now, just starting uh, construction at the beginning of this month or January is it's a brand new all vegan spot. It's called Hot Tongue Pizza. Oh, yeah. And, and it's going to be all plant based. And um, it's me and my wife um, and we're built in it from the, the ground up so i'm i'm very excited about that why vegan why all plant-based so me and my wife are vegan yeah. uh and um it was it was a big part of purgatory um and i i got, I got into it because of purgatory when i got let, let's i'll go i'll give that story the, yeah. When I got to purgatory there was two vegan sandwiches and three pizzas that were on their menu and I thought this was like cutting edge shit because you know it's 2014 and there was a couple places in LA that that did vegan stuff but it like wasn't done like on New York style like you know great crust or like it was just kind of like thrown on a screen put it in a conveyor belt with a bunch of like processed cheese and um so I was already vegetarian for like 15 years and uh and so I, I made that jump uh in, in hopes that it would help me better our, our vegan offerings yep and um and when i did i just dove i dove right in i mean i was like developing dough and really getting into dough and um and bread and i think that's mainly the most important thing if you're doing pizza because it's the one thing in every bite. Yeah. Um, but, but then the challenge of creating our own cheeses and our own vegan proteins and uh, the, the flavor combinations and, and sauces and ranch that are vegan um, has just been like a crazy journey. And it's just been so appreciated um, through the city. Um, and, and there's no customer like a vegan customer because they're incredibly loyal and they are hungry to try new stuff. Yeah. Uh, they also, they just seem like people with, uh, with an online presence, vegans love to share what they're eating. Like, Hey, look, <laughs> Hey, look, I'm not eating a salad. Right. Like I, I can eat this shit too. Like, look at this deep dish pizza I got from purgatory. And like, you know, you wouldn't know that it, it's not vegan. And like, I think that's the, the whole point is, is that I was always trying to make, like, I wasn't trying to make vegan pizza. Yes. I'm trying to make, I'm trying to make pizza that's delicious and happens to be vegan. I think that's and the mistake a lot of places make. Like, is that's that's kind of what happened with the gluten free pizza when it first started out, right? Like, people were like, "Hey, we have gluten free pizza," but it tasted like shit. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not gonna call any names, but there's a brand that most everybody uses, and you know, it, you kind of just put it on your menu, and that was it. You know, uh, 
and, and there wasn't much thought. And, and it, you can kind of make that same mistake with vegan stuff because it's like, all right, well, I'll, I'll buy a bag of Daya cheese and we'll, we'll call it a day. And I just put like vegetable, a shitload of vegetables right. on it. But it, it doesn't work that way. It's just like anything else on your menu. Um, you know, you might not want to eat the vegan cheese, but you got to try it. You got to pick one you like. And then, you know, you got to put the toppings on differently. You don't need as much cheese. Uh, you really got to play with it. And, uh, and, and, and your customers will appreciate it and they'll, they'll know you put that effort in. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of places now have great options, you know, and, uh, that was a thing here. I, I didn't want them to be options. I wanted them to just be menu items. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we make our own gluten free and, uh, because, because we were tired of, you know, this little disc that didn't have any rise on it. And it, you know, it, it was like cracker. So we started making our own gluten free. We made all of our own sauces. You know, we do our own regular sausage and we were brining our chicken. And on top of that, you know, we're making our own vegan pepperoni and, you know, it becomes almost two rec- like two restaurants. And, uh, which is funny cause it's purgatory. So there's a bit of an in-between, uh, <laughs> but you know, that just, that rabbit hole led me down to a, a place where I thought, you know, people are vegan for all kinds of reasons. And, you know, that's not what this is going to be about. But, you know, in my heart, I, I wanted to uh, make the pizza that tells my story. And I think that uh, starting an all plant-based uh, pizzeria, you know, w- was what I needed to do, what I felt like where my heart was at and like, uh, and, and the challenge in, in all of it was like really exciting to me. I wanted, I want to prove that, you know, I want to be on, you know, LA's top 20 pizzas, you know, and, and, and then not have to be like, be on a vegan list. You know what I mean? You just be on a regular list. Yeah. I want to do that. I think that that barrier can be broken down, you know, uh, or I want to go to Vegas and compete and put my cashew mozzarella on, on a, on a pie. You know, I don't know if that's possible, but I mean, I mean, I'm sure it is, but you know, um, just, you know, that being, I'm part of, uh, like normalize it a bit, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of where a hot tongue came from and, you know, uh, and, and that's what we're doing. I love it. I think, you know, especially in Los Angeles, I bet you there's a lot of demand for vegan food. That's not like you said, not just vegan food. Cause it checks it off the menu and it's vegan. It's good food that vegans can eat. Yeah. And like, that's the the whole thing, like on the pizza box, it'll say vegan pizza for everyone, because, you know, like if you just want to try it great, or if like, you know, um, you want, somebody's going to randomly stop into this, our slice shop and they're going to be like, Oh, this is all vegan. And it's like, yeah, dude, here, try a slice. Right. You know, if you hate it, don't pay for it, you know, but I guarantee you like, because I've seen it at purgatory, people are going to grab a sloppy pig, which is like our, our meat lover. And then they'll, they'll get a Buffalo bill slice. That's all vegan. They're like, Oh man, you got the Buffalo bill. You got the one with the cauliflower. And it's like, yeah. And you know, that's cool to see because you can do that here. And, uh, you know, growing up vegetarian purgatory, I wanted it to be a place that you you could cut out the conversation of like, my mom would constantly be like, Oh, what's Alex going to eat? Oh, can you eat here? Uh, we're going to Texas, <laughs> Texas Roadhouse. And I was like, dude, I'll eat a baked potato. Like, I, don't worry about me. And she's like, I'd come home from 
from California and she'd be like, oh, I got, I, you know, I got you all this vegan stuff and it's like all this processed shit. Like, it's like, <laughs> mom, just like, don't worry about me. But when we go out, you know, when you come to purgatory, if you're a celiac, if you're lactose, you know, if you love meat, if, you know, if you're keto, everyone's, everyone's welcome. You know what I mean? And we got, we got good options for everybody. I love that. Cause not a lot of places do that. No, dude. And I understand why. Yeah. And that's why it's a, it's a ton of work. We have, we have, know, 30, we have, we have 32, our staff is 32 people and they, we start prepping every morning at, at 6am and the, wow. the list is, it's, it's extensive. Is it worth it? Yeah. I mean, I think it's worth it. This, uh, this year has also, you know, seen a lot of menu items go that like we're heavy on prep that was like, okay, that's not worth it. Right. But I think that, I think for the staff too, I, I think everyone enjoys uh, like really cooking things like, you know, cooking our meatballs or brining the chicken or doing wings from scratch. It like, it, it gives your job a little bit more uh, meaning. You know what I mean? We're not just like heating up chicken wings or microwaving lasagnas or you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it gives your staff. It it's gives, like they're really. Yeah. It gives the people like, feel like, you know, they're like cooks, not just like putting it together and reheating stuff. Yeah. Which gives people, it makes you feel more invested in doing it when you have a bigger part of it. Yeah, I mean, like, every, uh, we're all the same, too. We'll make a pizza. It'll come out, and we'll be like, oh, <laughs> see this? It's, and you can take a picture now because that's going to be the nicest pizza you saw all day. Right? <laughs> yeah. Everyone thinks that they make the best pizza or, like, look at this meatball sub, the melt. And it's like, yeah, dude, you're you're good, dude. Good presentation. <laughs> it's like, awesome. uh, you better get, get this ready for Instagram because I got Instagram ready, you know, uh, meatball sub coming out. That's awesome. Do you let, do you take pictures from your staff to put on Instagram? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the more involved that I, I can get the staff into to anything a hundred percent, but yeah, they'll, sometimes I'll get like, I'll be at home and I'll get a random picture of like this happened. I got a random picture of a meatball sub and they're like, here's your Instagram post. And <laughs> like, I was like, all right. There you know, you or, or they'll keep sending me stuff and they never get posted. And then we make a joke about it, but you know, not all, not all photos are winners. Yeah. Sometimes, especially if you're new at it, right? Like sometimes you look at a photo that people are new at it and they're like, that's the worst photo I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like, that looks terrible. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to promote my business with it. But listen, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. But I mean, with an iPhone, you drop it into portrait mode. You can, you can make things look real beautiful. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So we had an email back and forth about we were getting this, the show scheduled and everything ready to do the podcast here. And you mentioned pizza hut and Papa Gino's hot topics on the podcast here, uh, not Papa Gino's pizza hut and Domino's Papa Gino's is a local chain here. They're not half bad actually. Um, what are your thoughts on Domino's and pizza hut? So like Domino's and pizza hut, uh, they just have like a special place in my heart because I think nostalgia is like one of the strongest senses there is. Agreed. And, and, and so growing up, I didn't really, my parents didn't get delivery. They, we, I grew up on DiGiorno, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that was like a DiGiorno spicy chicken um, pizza was like, that was like really good. You or know? Elio's, right? 
Yeah. So I'm like that. So, you know, when I, when I, like when Pizza Hut did the book it program and you got to read enough books and you got to go get your personal pan pizza, like going into the pizza place and like, and like seeing the ovens and like the delivery drivers, it was like a whole experience. And then, you know, eighties, nineties, pizza culture, you know, Ninja Turtles and the delivery guy from home alone. Um, all that's like kind of tied into, to like the nostalgia part of those things. And like Domino's, I remember, my friend always used to get it on Friday and we'd watch like Goonies or like uh, princess bride. And so like there, it's not so much the pizza as it is the nostalgia part of it. Yes. Uh, but you know, also like when I got older, my parents started getting Costco pizza and like to this day, like I hold it to the highest degree because you know, it was going to be a lit Friday night if my mom got to like Costco Supreme <laughs> And the pizza is, it, it's a, it's okay. But I think, you know, it's, you're, you're taking a bite and, and it's more than just taking a bite. You know, it's, you're, you're having a little flashback to childhood. Um, but, uh, you know, when I have, I have staff and I have friends that still eat, uh, you know, uh, Domino's and, um, and they, they like it. They, they enjoy it. I think there's a time and a place for it. I think that like it, people don't know something isn't good unless in, in, until you tell them it's not. And I don't think like you should ever really tell somebody something's not good, but you can introduce them to something that, you know, might be better but they might still like the dominoes. You know what I mean? I'll give you that. I agree with that point right there. You shouldn't ever tell, because it's like the pineapple on pizza thing, right? Like who the hell exactly. should tell anybody what to put on pizza? It doesn't really matter. Whatever yeah, you like. Exactly. I get you. And then it's like, you got McDonald's, you know, and like people love McDonald's. It's like billions of people served, but like that that is not good for you. Right. But can you look me in the eye and say a Big Mac and McDonald's fries aren't bomb? No, they're yeah. great. They're, I guess there's, they're, a, there's a time and place, right? They're incredible. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, I will definitely like always say that you eat Domino's, you eat Little Caesars, you eat McDonald's. I mean, give it 30 minutes and you are done. Yes. It's a straight crash. And that's, I will always say, you know, uh, if you're going to have a slice, maybe have one. Uh, you know, and enjoy that nostalgia or, or that kind of pizza, but don't, don't eat a large uh, Domino's cheese pizza. Yes. I agree with you on that. And definitely like the nostalgia factor and the feeling you get when you eat it, especially if you grew up with it is definitely goes into the, even the taste, right? Like your memory of what Domino's tastes like could affect your taste today, even if you haven't had it in a long time. Yeah, no, exactly. Like even just seeing the box, it's like, Oh, whoa, like this is like, it, it, it just everything comes like flashing back i mean i just remember it was always such a special thing getting delivery or like going to a friend's house and and, and getting that 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 slice or that treat or getting delivery i always just thought it was like super cool i mean i told you about the costco thing every year uh for the past three years i've got like a costco box i wish i had one in here but it's the costco box but it says purgatory food court and we run it <laughs> We run it every summer and we sell cheese and pepperonis every Wednesday and Tuesday at Costco prices. So it's nine ninety nine. Wow. Uh it's like a little ode to like, you know, my obsession with, with the beginning of pizza. Let me ask you, do you order Domino's pizza? Uh the last time I ordered Domino's pizza, I was single like probably twelve years ago. <laughs> okay. And- 
And I gotta be honest, it was terrible. But uh, you know, I I, I think I would have eaten anything that day. It would have been terrible. I think this is like you said. There's a time and a place. I think the last time I got a Domino's pizza, I ordered one, but it was. I think it was like I was getting home from somewhere. I took just got off a plane, and I live in a good sized town, but I'm outside of Boston, so I'm like. 20 minutes outside of Boston. So stuff closes early here. It's like 9, 10 o'clock, stuff's closed. But Domino's is open till like midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning. So I think I got home late one day. I got a pizza because there was no other place open. That's the last time I got one. It wasn't horrible. It's not It's not that it's like there's no really bad pizza. Even bad pizza is still it's usually good pretty pizza. good. Yeah. yeah. So it's not terrible. But like you said, it's like I know what good pizza is now. I mean, you know. Well, so, yeah, no doubt. So – I couldn't eat that. I can't order that pizza if there's seven other places that are readily available to me that I know aren't going to make me feel bad after. Oh, no. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I mean, that's like that's why it's like I I wouldn't go out of my way to eat there. But, you know, if they if they had a vegan option, I would definitely try it. I'd be like, I'm getting some Domino's tonight. Yeah, it's like know? Twinkies, right? Like when I was a kid, the Twinkies were have you ever eaten, have you eaten a Twinkie lately? Uh, no, but I used to love Twinkies too. Yeah. Like I had one, not recently, but like a couple years ago and I ate it and I was like, I cannot believe I liked these when I was a kid. It's not, it doesn't, I don't remember it tasting like this when I was a kid. I remember it tasting really good. Yeah. Well, the last, the last Twinkie I had, I think I almost like choked on it. It was so dry. <laughs> so, you know, like that goes back to your nostalgia thing. Like when I was a kid, it's like, oh, Twinkies, they're so good. It tastes great. But now you get older and it doesn't taste that good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess it's that way with a lot of things, but I like to remember Twinkies being bomb. Yes, so don't eat one then. Just remember yeah. it. <laughs> That's right, exactly. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Yes. Where's your favorite place to get pizza in L.A. other than your own business? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I love making pizza at home. Yes. Because uh, my, wife, my wife likes to do that. Now, do and... you make dough? Like, if you make pizza at home, do you make your dough at home or do you just take your dough with you? It it depends. Like if my wife's like, "Hey, let's make some pizza tonight," I'll grab some dough. Yeah. But if like if she's like, "Hey, let's do pizza on Friday," oh, I'm 100 percent gonna make it at home just to to dick around because you never know what comes out of that. Yeah. I might I might you know I will mess around and be like, "Oh, you know what? We we should put uh you know 15 percent more starter in our uh blah blah blah." And uh, so yeah, I will uh, I'll make the pizza dough at home if I can and have the time. Yeah, I love I do the same thing. There's a place down the street from me called Durham. And they have a really good dough recipe, so I, I'm the same way. I, if I'm in a pinch, I'll buy dough from them. But if if not, like if I know, I try. I bought like dough trays, and I keep my my wife drives me nuts. Like I, she doesn't drive me nuts. I drive her nuts because I always have dough and a mixer, and like always have dough in my fridge. I got like two dough trays that always have dough in it. But if I run out, I go down the street and buy some dough balls there. Do you just do you cook it in your oven on a screen, or do you have like a pizza oven? So I have a couple different things. I have an uni, okay, and then I have a baking steel. Okay. So like depends, and then I have Lloyd pans that I bought for deep yeah. for Detroit style. So it like depends oh, yeah. on what style of pizza I want. If I want like a quick Neapolitan, I'll turn the uni on because it cooks pretty quick and it does a good Neapolitan pizza. If I want like more of a New York style pizza, I'll use the baking steel. And if I want the Detroit style, I'll use the Lloyd pan. You you got it covered. Yeah. That uni's got to be you, you got you're baking that outside though. It's got to be cold as cold as all hell in Boston. Oh yeah, I can't you can't cook it now. Like there's only certain days. Like you got to yeah. you got to look at the weather and see what it's going to be like. It's cold like yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, yesterday yeah. wasn't too bad. It was like 50, but today's like 20. 
Yeah, that's a that's a deep dish day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's not a uni outside day because it's like I'll if I do set it up and it's cold, I'll leave it right outside the door. So I'll like cook it in here, run outside, throw it in there. Yeah, yeah and then like close the door real quick and then go back out and open it. But it's like few and far between on cold day. That's more of a summertime thing. Yeah, um, that's cool, man. So what when is the new place opening? So hopefully it's opening in uh, April. Um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, like with COVID and everything, they, uh, there, I've been told that it could be as soon as end of February, as late as April. Is that, so is it close to you where you are now? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's like seven miles away from purgatory. North or uh, South? Uh, it would be, it'd be North. It'd be like up, uh, towards Sacramento, but I mean like not that far. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it's pretty close. Um, but it's definitely a different part of town. And so like the demographics different a little bit. Um, I mean, like right now where purgatory is, there's nothing around us. There's no shops. We're across the street from a school. Like it, it blows my mind sometimes, you know, where all the people come from, obviously no one's dining in now, but you, you definitely have to like come here. Uh, we have to be sought out, you know, yeah. just like drive down the street and be like, Oh, let's try that place. <laughs> That's that's like you know that's what like in the northeast here though most places are like that. I don't think there's a whole lot of places that are are unless you go to like the downtown area of Boston that you can drive by or walk by most most are destination places. Yeah, I mean foot traffic would be I think would be nice but we've been doing we've been doing okay without it. I love the Los Angeles weather by the way. You guys have the best weather. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you say that cuz it just like poured poured rain for like the first time ever all, all my all my succulents finally got watered but uh, <laughs> yeah i mean i think that's a, a lot of the reason people move here for sure uh, hopefully it keeps people here because a lot of people want to want to move away i know i mean hopefully this whole covid thing will pass you know who knows what's gonna happen with the vaccine or what's gonna happen once we get past the winter time and people uh I felt like it was getting better in the summertime and then winter came and it was, it's getting worse again. So who knows what's going to happen like January, February or when the vaccine. You deal with, you, you, you deal with it on like a weekly basis here. Like, you know, we had an employee who was exposed. And so, you know, what do you do? Do you, do you have him self quarantine? Do you have him get tested? Can he come back? You know, another employee this morning told me that his dad, you know, got it. He lives with his dad and it's like this constant, of like juggling and then you know people are all hanging out in the holidays and and doing things and right. it's like you can't tell somebody hey don't do that um and th so there's a lot of trust um you know for your staff but i mean it's just like it's such a heavy thing on your mind all year and and, and having to think about on top of just like you know running a business which is hard enough yeah right um and i think you know next year i think we're hopeful that uh you know that this goes away in some aspects but it, you know we're really just hoping for like a, a more transitional year probably back to some kind of normality that we we once knew uh, i think it'd be crazy to just think oh everything's gonna be back to normal by june no uh, because I, I i i don't know in my in my heart of hearts i think that it's probably going to be a full year before you know it's really looking like maybe it used to. I think you're going to need time for the virus to go away and then people to get reacclimated to life. Yeah, no 
Yeah. I mean, and, and that might still be wearing masks or yeah. socially distancing. They're like, you know, I think this is probably messed up a couple people too, you know, that they're probably, who knows? I'm, I'm sure we'll see people wearing masks for like the next 10 years. Who knows uh, if that ever stops. But, no, right. Uh, yeah. It's just, it, it's crazy. It's just so wild to think about, you know, when you step back and think about everything that's happened this year and, 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 it's 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 really mind blowing. What a freaking year it's been. That's crazy yeah. to think about. It's it, 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 it crazy. I mean, with like we we had protests here. We had to shut down. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we've had some. We had somebody test positive. We had to shut down. Um, just so much. It's unbelievable. Well, we'll have to get you back on in like in the summertime. See how it's going. Get like a follow up yeah. show. Dude, hopefully I'm dead wrong and people are like going to Coachella and everything. I mean, maybe it'll be, you'll be so wrong. We'll be doing the live podcast in purgatory. Yeah. Or yeah. Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) That'd be fun. Or we're at the expo that actually happens. I'm praying that the expo happens this year. It's like my favorite time of the year. Are you going to go? Do you go usually? Yeah, I go, I go. Yeah, I go. And I went to the, I went to pizza pasta Northeast for the first time the last year, but yeah, I go with, five members of our staff every year. Oh, I missed you. Oh my gosh. It's so much fun. Um, I might've walked past you. I was going to introduce myself, but everyone's like always in a conversation. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Uh, I usually do interviews at the Fort Forney booth. Yeah. I think you might've, I think that's the thing. You might've been interviewing somebody when I walked past you. And then I know you judged. Didn't you judge at the, in Vegas? Ye- did I? Yes, I did. Maybe not. No, not Vegas. Uh, Atlantic City. That, I did pizza and pasta. That was Atlantic City. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, I was at that one. But yeah, if if we are allowed to go, I'll be at the show. You should come by, hang out with me at the Fort Sifoni booth. We'll do a live interview there. I'd love to drop in. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be fantastic. So that's in June. So hopefully we have six months to get our shit together as a country and see if we can get it there. I really hope that is a possible thing. All right, Alex. Where can people go say hello to you or say visit you in person or online? Uh, come to Purgatory Pizza, and then you know, in the in spring of twenty one, come come see me at Hot Tongue Pizza. Uh, you can just slide into the DMs at Eat Pur- or at Purgatory Pizza on Instagram or uh, or Hot Tongue Pizza. Uh, that's probably like the best way. Okay, cool. We'll link all that up in the show notes for this episode as well. Up yet, but Alex, I appreciate you joining me on the podcast. It was great talking to you, my man. I appreciate being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you all for tuning into the podcast. Alex, appreciate you, my man. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. We have some amazing guests coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Pretty excited about those podcasts we have recorded or we are recording for you to listen to over the next few weeks. Thank you so much. Be sure to subscribe. Leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't yet. Very much appreciated on our end. And if you have a question, you can reach out to me at bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. That's our email. Or you can message me on Instagram personally. I'm at the Bruce Irving. Or you can message the team and myself at Smart Pizza Marketing. Be sure to go follow us over there. And we'll give you a follow back. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. We'll see you next week.